0: Around. So if you heard me, you're welcome. You're welcome for a good laugh this morning. I was laughing. Um, I'm excited to bring the word to you this morning. I believe that I have, I believe that I'm carrying a word uh, in my spirit for this time. I'm just super excited about it. It's a word that um, as we went into this time, of going into isolation, all that, God began to speak to me, and he took me to Deuteronomy, and I haven't left Deuteronomy yet. I'm still there, still reading it, still pouring over the scriptures. And so it's something that I shared with the pastoral team for Embassy Church. I've shared it with the leaders. I've shared it with um, other ministers across the country but um, as I began to lean into it again um, God began to open it up even more um, for us particular as a bo- in particular as a body um, so open your hearts up to it this morning as we go into Deuteronomy and, and pour over the scripture hear what God's saying so Father we just open our ears we open our hearts we open our lives up for you to move and you to do whatever you wanna do. Father, we've come for a word from you, a word that moves us, a word that pushes us, a word that causes growth in us. We open our lives up to it. and Father, we just say, do whatever you wanna do. Holy Spirit, I thank you that in people's houses right now, you're ministering, you're ministering peace, you're ministering joy, You're ministering strength. You're just ministering to them. Whatever they need, they can receive right now. We thank you for your grace. And Father, we just, we love your presence. I thank you that your presence is in every home right now, filling it. Thank you, Jesus. That healings happen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, when you walk in the room, everything changes. Everything changes. So we look to you right now and do what only you can do. Use me, God, say whatever you wanna say. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 1. I'm going to read the text that I'm going to be speaking from almost in its entirety, and then we'll go back and and kind of divide it up a little bit. In Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, The Lord our God said to us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey, and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to their neighbors. Verse eight, see, I have set the land before you. Go in, take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them and to their offspring after them. So back to verse six, it says this, God says to them, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, Understanding that this is Moses and he is talking um, and telling and kind of retelling a story saying that God came and he brought us to this place and he, he brought us to the mountain out of Egypt and he brought us to this place and says you have stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time to move. And I, I read this and, I, and immediately I began to think this. This is what God's saying. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. This is what he's saying, there's more. There's more that I have for you, there's more. God has more for you. So he brought them out of slavery, out of Egypt, and he brought them to this place. This was a good place at one time, he brought them here, but now he says, you've stayed long enough here, I've got more for you. I've got more than just this, there's more. And God shows up and begins to say this to them. As if to say, there's more than just being freed from slavery. There's more than just coming out of darkness. There's more. There's more. God always has more. And I think of desperate, I think of desperate people. You, you come across a desperate person who's looking for change, who, who needs something to change in their life. You think of somebody who's, who's maybe financially in trouble, right? They're looking. They'll look for anything they can to get them out of the place. They're desperate. They'll listen to information. They'll, you know, they'll research those businesses It says, you know, if you work from home, you can make a trillion dollars a day. They'll research that. They'll try anything. Or you meet a drug addict who wants to get set free. They're listening. They're hanging on every word. You find a, um, somebody who's, who just got saved and they're hungry and they're desperate for more of God. They're listening and hanging on the preacher's every word. They're searching the scriptures. They're looking. They have become desperate for change. And desperation that they begin to look for the more there has to be more it's like the Israelites the same thing they're in this text they're stuck in slavery they're living in Egypt and the situation is rough they're getting beaten and it gets worse as you read it in the scripture it gets worse by the day it's not a good time and they are desperate to get out of the situation that they're in. They'll do anything. They'll follow anyone. Get me out of the situation that I'm in. And we watch as they begin to step out of slavery. They begin to leave Egypt and they get out of Egypt desperate, but suddenly they're not desperate anymore. Suddenly they're not so desperate and what happens? How do we know they're not desperate? Because they move from desperation to complaining. And the reason that they complain is because they're complacent. They've moved into a place of complacency. And I think think for us when we read the text, it's like you you read the Bible and you look at the, the Israelites and you think, how can you, how can you be complaining right now? Because they're actually, so the Bible says that they say, it would have been better for us to stay in Egypt. No, it wouldn't. We know that. We know by reading it. It's like, it wasn't better for you to stay in Egypt. You, it's not better to be beaten. It's not better to have those rules over your head. You're finally free. It's not better. But they move into this place of complaining because of their complacency. And, and, and we read it and we think that's ridiculous. It's not better. How could they be complaining right now? But it's interesting because we do the exact same thing as Christians. When we move from a place of desperation, hunger, wanting, to, wanting the more, we move into a place of complacency and you'll hear us begin to complain. We begin to complain of our situations around us. At one point in time, we were desperate at one point in time, we were excited. We were looking at the promises of God and where he was taking us, and suddenly we're not happy with how things are around us. The little things, we'll nitpick. We'll talk about our, you know, how we want more things in our house, or we don't have enough, or, or maybe even in the church setting, we'll come in and, well, that minister just doesn't really do it for me. I just don't really get what, you know, I don't get anything out of it. Or I don't like that song. I don't like that worship team. I don't like that worship leader. I don't, that person bothers me. And instead of, instead of being hungry and desperate, we're desperate people. They'll show up. Desperate people will show up at church and they'll hang on every word. They're looking for any kind of word from God. But because of our familiarity with the surroundings around us we become complacent. When Israel learned to survive, and they weren't in desperate times anymore, the wilderness became their new normal. Instead of setting their sights on the promised land, they let their days slip by in complacency. They took their transition time, what was meant to be their transition time from Egypt to the promised land. And they took that transition time and they made it their routine. And, and church, this, this is one of the things that I came to say. This right now is your transition time this is not your routine don't settle into this routine don't settle in and set your sights you keep looking to the promised land because god is taking us somewhere this is your transition time you have not arrived yet don't settle in here don't settle in here i think of it like this i think of it um when when Jared and i we bought Um, a new house we bought the house that we're in now we didn't expect it we didn't even we didn't we're even looking all of a sudden one day we were looking at a house that kind of piqued our interest we had never talked about hey we should probably move soon it just happened and suddenly we went looked at the house and then that night we were putting an offer on a house and we were moving and suddenly our house that we had lived in for eight years and enjoyed and found it restful and loved it, we fixed it up, we did all the things. Suddenly, within a moment, that night, this house that had been our restful place came, went from being our place of rest to being our place of transition. Now suddenly, this wasn't the place that we could call home anymore. This was the place of transition. And what do you do when you begin to move houses? You begin to prepare. You begin to get ready. You begin to go and look for boxes. I remember Jarrett and I were like dumpster diving behind Yisk looking for boxes to, to move. You begin to get ready, so you bring in the boxes. You begin to go into every place of your house and you begin to sell and get rid of the things that you don't want to take with you to the new place. You begin to go and clean areas that you haven't even cleaned since you lived. You begin to get rid of the filth because you are moving from one place to the next place. Now you don't pack your boxes and settle in there. You understand that you are in a transition time. Church, you are in a transition time. This is not your routine. Do not settle in here. Do not. I feel the Spirit of God so strong on this. You have not arrived. Don't settle in this place. Don't make it your routine. God has something greater. He has something more. He's taking you from one place to the next. Transition time means preparation time. It means preparation time. This is preparation time. So you're going in and you're preparing. You're getting rid of things. You're cleaning up areas. You have not arrived yet. Hear the Spirit of God. See, you you see this, we're desperate people. We We went into isolation when all of this began and people began to be desperate. They began to feel God move. They began to see things happen. You, you, you could see it happening. People began to wonder, is there something bigger? Is there something greater? But now time has gone on. This has been happening for a while. So now we settle in to our routine. Hear the Spirit of God. I'm staying on this because I want you to hear it. This is, you are in transition. This is not time to settle in to our routine. This is preparation time. This is preparation time. Okay, I'll, I'll leave that and move on. Verse 7. Oh, one more thing. One more thing because this is important. What else do you do when, re- when you're in transition time? You dream. You can dream. You can always dream, but you can dream in transition time. When, when we bought our new house, but we were still living in our old one, I remember, you know, and, and every, anyone does this when you're you know, getting ready to move, you begin to dream. You begin to think about what it's gonna be like to drink coffee on your deck. What, you're gonna, you dream of having people over. You dream of what it's gonna be like. I release, I release you to dream. To begin to dream, I release you in this season. Dream, dream. Think big. Set your sights on the promise where God's taking us to. Verse 7. Turn and take your journey. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and all of the neighbors in Arabah. Verse 8. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them and to their offspring after them. Four words, turn, take, see, go. That's what, the, that's what the text says. Turn, take your journey, see the land that I have set before you, and go. So I want to start with turn. It's the word that God gave me, turn. It means that you're going to have to shift your focus. It means that you're looking this way, and now you're going to have to turn and look this way. You're going to, it's going to be a shifting of focus, but it also means that the things that you have been focusing on over here, the things that you have been working on over here, the thing, there is going to be a letting go of things. There's going to, you're going to have to let go of some things and you're going to have to turn your focus over this way. That means that, that, and we talked about this at the beginning, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this, that the unforgiveness and the bitterness or, or whatever it is that, that you have focused on in this, you must turn from it. You must turn from it. There's also some things that you need to reevaluate. As I begin to turn, am I going to take this with me? What? What has fruit on it? What's been working? What has not been working? What hasn't been working? Just like how you're, you decide when you're about to move in your house, you're like, I'm not taking this with me. This hasn't been fruitful. I haven't used this in a long time. It's time to get rid of these things because I'm not taking it with me. In this place of turning, you must turn. There's attachments. Some have attachments. You must break those attachments. You know that they're ungodly. You must turn from them. Anything you know that God has said no more of this, you must turn from it. You must turn from it. You must turn from it. Listen, there there is Thank you Jesus. As some of you know it, that God has been working And all of a sudden you feel like this shift and this change, and you feel like you're on on unsteady ground. Listen, this is the Lord. He's working right now in this. He's saying, "Ah, let go of this, turn. It's time to turn. It's time to turn. I'm taking you from one place to the next. You feel unsteady because you're in transition. You're in transition. So you're letting go of the unforgiveness or anything. Some of you, it's people. Some of you, it's people. You've had ungodly attachments to. God's saying, turn, turn. Habits. It's a reset time. The next word is take. Notice it says turn, and then it says, and take your journey. Turn and take. When it says take, it means that you are going to take this journey. It's meaning that you are beginning to prepare right now for the season. That you are taking steps to where you are going. That as you begin to turn, that you begin to pick up the new that God has for you. There are some of you that God is birthing things in you. He, he's he's giving new purpose to things. He's giving you purpose right now. Some of you, um, I've even talked to some of you, it's been in this transition time and all of a sudden there are things that you never even saw on your radar and you're picking them up. Right now, God is laying purpose down for you to pick up and do right now in this time. He's saying, turn, pick up the purpose. Take it. Take the purpose. I've got new things. Some of you, He's repurposing. There are dreams that you have let go of, you have let, that you said It's okay now. He's saying, I'm repurposing these things for you. Turn and take. Pick it up right now. Turn and take. You thought, I'm used. I've been set aside. No. He's saying, I'm repurposing. Turn and take. Pick it up right now. Turn and take. There's mantles for us to pick up in this season. That God has ordained to be used for this time. Be willing to pick up the mantle. And the gifts... And the calling, it will take bold, courageous faith in this season. Because some of you aren't understanding. It's the reason it takes bold, courageous faith is because there's things laying down, and you're thinking, if I reach for this, but I'm in uncertain times. So if I reach for this, what does it mean? If I reach for this, I don't even know what the future holds. How does this even fit into a tra- it's transition time? He's laying it down. Pick it up, pick it up, turn and take. Thank you, Jesus. The next word was see. So he says, turn, take your journey. And then he says, see that I have set the land before you. First of all, I want to point out that you can't see until you turn and take. Until you let go of those attachments. Until you let go of those things that have been holding you, you're still turned this way. And until you obey God and you listen what he's saying, listen, you must deal with these things or else you won't be able to see. Because some say, I don't even see. The Bible says, um, uh, see that the Lord is doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? He says, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? And some of you would say right now, no, I, I don't see because you need to let go because you need to turn, because you need to turn from these things, because you're looking this way and he's saying, you must let it go, turn and take. And once you turn and take, you're going to see the thing that I am doing. Watch that you aren't being distracted. Watch that you, aren't, that you don't get distracted. The Israelites, they got distracted. They stopped looking. They got into routine, it distracted them. They got into this, dist- it is what it is, it distracted them. They got into complaining, it distracted them. They, they And they stopped looking, they stopped looking to see where God was taking them and they set their sights lower. Don't get distracted, don't be in this place, don't let the media distract you right now. God has got us in a transition time and He is taking us places. I'm telling you, do not get distracted right now. See that he set the land before you. Also watch your heart, keep your heart pure. Deal with the impurities, just like cleaning out the house. Deal with the impurities of of your heart because the Bible says that the pure in heart will see God. Impurity clouds your focus, clouds what you can see. So deal with the areas of your heart, and the last is go, go. It's time to move. I remember this just came to mind. I remember David McGrew one time. He said, "Our default, our default setting shouldn't be to stay. Our default should always be to go. That we're always consulting God. Not should I stay." But God, is it time to go? Is it time to move? Are you, are you wanting me to move from this mountain? Our default setting should be go, go. Now I want to move to verse 26. And I just want to show you what happens. So, so Moses is telling the people that God showed up, said it's time to move from this place. Then he says, turn, take, see, go. <laughs> this, is, this is what we're doing. And then he says, but then this is what happened. So the Israelites, he, he gives them this instruction. God says we're to move. He's got a promise for us and we're in transition time. So we got to go. And the Israelites say, okay, they're right at the door. They're right. They're right at the door of moving in and taking the land. And the Israelites say to Moses, okay, so we get it. We're here. We're going to go in. We're going to possess the land. That's great. But how about before we do that, let's send some people up. Let's send some men up so that they can take a look, survey the land, see if it's Okay. And then once we do that, then we'll go. And Moses said, okay, that seems right. Let's do that. So they send some guys up. The guys check out the land. They come back. They're bringing fruit. They're like, the fruit's good in the land. Land looks good. But then they move into fear. They move into refusal. Let me me show you what happens. Verse 26. Yet you would not go up. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he had brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where are we going up? Like, where are we even going up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. You need to understand that God had brought them to this place. This is where God brought them to. And and God's like, "I have given you. I literally have given you this place." And suddenly they're afraid to go up. And so Moses points out to them, "What's gone on? Number 1. They weren't willing. Moses says, "You weren't willing. Oh, God's po- pointing on something, saying, listen, you need to turn. I need you to turn. I need you to let go of that. Those things that you've been carrying, that anger, that anger that you've been carrying for so long, I have freedom from that for you. You need to turn away from it and you're not willing. You just wanna hold on to your offenses because I, I want justice. They're not getting justice. <laughs> by you holding on to unforgiveness for offense, that anger. That's destroying you, it's not destroying them. Be free from that today. Be free from that today, listen, turn. So God's saying, I want you to turn, but they weren't willing. They weren't willing to let go of the things. I was praying this morning and, and God was saying, you, uh, the, the scripture verse in Psalms or David prayed, I think, I, I didn't really check. I'm pretty sure it's in Psalms. I'm pretty sure it was David prayed. Um, Create, no, grant me a willing spirit. Grant me a willing spirit. That's what you can pray. It's, and then it says, so that it will sustain me in the days to come. That if some of you are struggling, even in my willingness, I I don't even know if I'm willing to make this transition. I don't even know. You can pray, that's how awesome God is. You can pray and say, give me a willing spirit that I can do this so that it will sustain me in this journey. Because remember, we've talked about this and, and I hear it even in my own life, all I'm looking for, all God's looking for right now is your yes. It's not the but, but what if, but what if I can't? But what if I'm not strong enough? But what if, what if, what if, what if? No, all I need is your yes. You know, the Bible says that God looks throughout the earth on who he can be strong on their behalf. He's just looking. Who's saying yes? Is there anyone saying yes? I don't care how weak you are. I don't care how little you feel. I don't I don't care if you don't feel like you don't have enough. That you don't got the goods. Just say yes and I show up. Strong on your behalf. Just say yes. Not by might, not by power. It's by my spirit. Just say yes. He's looking for those that would be willing. Are you willing? Are you willing? And then the next thing that the that the Israelites did they disobeyed God, he was laying things out for them to do. And they plain out, I don't want to, I'm not going to listen. That never turns out well. <laughs> it just never turned out well. Noah in the ark. Hey guys. <laughs> A flood's about to come. Get your lives right. No. That didn't turn out well. Jonah. Jonah, I've got stuff for you to do. I don't want to, God. No. I got swallowed by a whale. We could look through it. Even in my own life, disobeying never turns out well. You have to understand that the heart of God is to get them to the place that he had promised for them. The Bible says a land flowing with milk and honey, a good place, (laughs) a place that he had lovingly prepared for them because he loved them. And yet they still disobeyed. Don't let disobedience stop you. Don't let disobedience stop you. The next one was they complained and they became discontent. They stopped looking at the promise, for one. They stopped, started looking at their surroundings. I mean, even us right now, right? Like, they, they started to get discontent because this didn't look like what we thought it should look like. You know, you said you were taking us from Egypt, God, to the promised land. We didn't know there'd be this transition where we would have to do things and we would have to trust you. It just doesn't look like what we thought. We didn't think that when you said you were taking us to the promised land, that it would look like we were stuck in our homes watching church in the middle of a pandemic. We didn't think it looked like that. I'm not saying God caused the pandemic, but I'm saying he's gonna use it. Don't get into complaining and become discontent. Look at the promised land. Oh, we're getting closer. I'm in transition. I'm dealing with my stuff because I've, I've I've got my eyes set on something. God's taking me places. The next one is they got into fear. Nope. They got into fear. It says, what if they, what if they kill us? What if we get to this place that God's promised us and we die? What? Think about this. Again, I, I said this already before. God prepared this place for them. He created it, he made it, he prepared it, and he was like, this is it, guys. I'm taking you to this place. And suddenly they get into fear. In fact, they were even like, how are we even going to get there? How, how is this even going to look? Don't let fear stop you. Don't let the fear of the unknown stop you. Fear often holds you back from moving forward. And the next one was dread. They began to dread what was right in front of them. And I think sometimes we, we dread what's right in front of us. We dread change. We dread how much work it might take. We we dread what it might look like. We dread what is it going to take from me. Who am I going to be after this? And we dread it. We dread letting go of the things. We dread the new. And it stopped them. But I want to read last verse 29. It says, Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Listen. The Holy Spirit is saying this. The Father is saying this right now. The Lord himself, I myself will fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And also in the wilderness. Where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you. Think about this just for a moment. That you've come to the place that you're in right now. Because the Lord carried you. He carried you. He's fought for you. Even when you came into the kingdom and received Christ it was him that carried you it was him that fought for you so it says verse 31 and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place Yet in spite of this word you did not believe the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and in cloud by day to show you by the way that you should go. God carries you even as a man carries his son. Think about that. He's carrying you right now in this moment even as A man carries his son, protecting, holding you close. But I want to point out that it says, all the way. He carries you all the way. He's not going to carry you halfway and say, have at her. He's carrying you from this point all the way through transition to this point. He's carrying you all the way. And then the next part that I just love says he fights for you through the wilderness, through it all, through everything. But then it says he goes ahead and in this verse it says uh, to find a place for you to pitch your tents. He goes ahead to find a place for you to rest. He goes ahead to find a place for you to lay your head. That this is a time of Transition, this is a time where we are preparing. This is a time where we are letting go of things and God is doing something and we know it and he's in our midst, but listen, it is never out of a place of, um, how do I say this? It's never in a place where you, you can remain in a place of rest, there we go, while you do it. And he's preparing a place ahead for you to rest. Not by might, not by power, but all of it, all of it, by my spirit, by my spirit. He is carrying you right now. So, here's to sum it all up: here is what I have to say is this. You have stayed long enough here. We've stayed long enough here. God's brought us, He brought us to this place. It was a good place, it's a wonderful place, but we've stayed long enough here. It's time for us to move. But in our moving, don't make routine in this place. Don't settle in in this place. Keep your eyes on the prize, the promise that God has for us, and go and turn, take, see, and go. I love you guys. Adam, you want to come?